Hallo en welkom bij de podcast Steaks, Barbels en Business. Mijn naam is Ken van den Ede en in deze episode ontvang ik terug special guest Dan Hunter. Hij zal het deze keer hebben over de transformation mindset. Ik hoop dat jullie enorm genieten van deze aflevering. Neem zeker pen en papier erbij om alle nuttige tips op te schrijven. Ben je personal trainer en vind je deze informatie in de podcast altijd zeer interessant? Vergeet dan zeker niet de Instagram-pagina van Personal Training Blueprint te liken, want daar zal binnenkort veel meer informatie nog op komen. Hello and welcome to another episode with our special guest, uh, Dan Hunter. Uh, Dan did an episode last time on the topic of NAD+. And this time it will be something completely different. And then we'll talk about a transformation mindset. Why is that important for the coach and also for the clients to get the best results possible? Um, welcome, Dan, again to the podcast. Thank you. Um, so last time we talked about NAD. Now it's more about the mindset of a transformation. Why is it that important for you? Uh, why you um, put a lot of effort in getting the right mindset for a body transformation? I, I, I'm not sure that it's as much about getting the right mindset as it is having the right mindset. I think that's the, the, the first part is, I think that, um, well, let's be honest, most coaches objective is to get a transformation with their clients, yeah. right? But you can set yourself up for failure right from the beginning if you work with the wrong clients. Uh, let's be honest. I mean, I think that there are a lot of there are a lot of coaches out there which get get frustrated because their clients aren't doing what they're asking them to do, um, or aren't you know going as far as they would expect them to do, or you know aren't uh, complying uh, with what they you know. So I think that that's the first part is making sure that you're working with clients that want it as much as or more than you want it, right? At least as much as you want it. I, a really good point. But uh, for me, what is interesting for me as well is how do you decide that? Is it, is it based on how you do your communication that you um, attract specific uh, sort of clients? Is it, is it based on how you do your, um, your social media or how you, um, I don't know, what is the reason that some clients that you only attract the clients with the right mindset in your opinion i i first of all i don't think you do only attract the clients with the right mindset and that's that's important to know um but i think that there are two things one is there's your positioning and secondly there's uh, how you onboard your clients so the first one from a positioning perspective for me there are two things one is I've made it very clear just with the name of our location, it's the, it's the transformation center, right? So people know what to expect if they come to us is you're coming here for a transformation, you know, coming here for, um, for fun or for boxing classes or for Pilates classes, you're coming here for transformation. So we set the, the expectation from the beginning. The second part, which is a, is, is a very, um, clear positioning point for me is price so i believe that you invest yourself if you put enough skin in the game and so 
it's it's very hard because I've spoken to a lot of coaches about the pricing system, but they're always concerned about not getting enough clients. So therefore they have cheap hourly rates. But I'll be honest with you is in in my street where my gym is, there are four other gyms and we, my, my coaches charge anywhere between 70 to 85 euros an hour. And my hourly rate goes up to uh, anywhere from 125 to 250 euros an hour. Now people will go, what the hell? Like that's a lot of money. Um, and actually, and, and, and it is, right? Let's be honest. It is a lot of money. Um, and the, but actually three or four gyms in my roads that all charge between 30 and 40 euros an hour. And they're much less clients in their gyms than there are in ours. Um, and because I believe that when you, when you make the decision to invest in yourself and it's expensive enough, you're like, I'm not going to fuck this up because this is costing me a lot of money. I think that's an important aspect to understand. Uh, if you price yourself too cheap, people will not take it as seriously. Um, so that's, that's from a positioning perspective. And then from an onboarding perspective, one of the things that I make sure that I do is we have about, we do anywhere between 150 to 170 hours of personal training a week in a gym of 130 square meters. So that's a lot of hours for a small gym, which is one of the reasons why obviously we're moving to a bigger gym. But um, I make sure that no matter who walks in the door, they get half an hour for free with me. And it's an investment that I make in the beginning in understanding if they're ready to start with this or not. And so I will do a half an hour talk with them to understand what their goals are, um, to understand what they're willing to change, to understand how open they are to, you know, different protocols and, and, and these sort of things. And I sort of set the tone for them as well. Like, are you ready for this? Like, this is what we do. Are you ready for this? Yeah. And the last question. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, just tell me the last uh, part. And then the last part of the process is right at the end. I say, okay, right. So what is your motivation out of 10 to get this transformation? And I'm asking them to score themselves. And if, there's, and if their score is basically below eight or nine out of 10, I try and find something else for them. So I'll put them on our boot camps or I will put them on our group trainings and stuff like that because I'll say, you're not ready for it now. And being able to turn around and say, no is a real psych, uh, psychological strength i believe with with, with clients it's, it's not you can't just turn up pay and get your transformation do you know what i mean it's like you have to be ready to make the the, the, the changes that are necessary for it and um a lot of the times when i say that to, to clients is at first they're a bit offended they're like wait you don't want my money and well, no, I don't want to set myself up for failure. I don't want to set you up for failure either. Um, but then also it makes them think they're like, shit. And so they'll come back like three months later and say, hey, I'm going to prove you wrong. I can, you know, I can get this transformation. I want it. It, it means enough to me. And then, and then we're like, okay, let's go. Let's go. You know, so, um, but if it's not 10 out of 10 and it's an eight or nine out of 10, my next question before I decide what I'm going to do is, well, what will it require for you to move from an eight out of 10 to a 10 out of 10? Because sometimes what people are saying, well, I need to see something move for my motivation to go up. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. if that's what you need, I'm going to adjust my approach 
because I know this person, if they don't see results in the first week or two, their motivation is going to drop and they're not going to get the results. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. And I have a few questions. Um, first of all, the, the half an hour talk that you do, do you have a, is it just like a regular talk or do you have a specific interview technique that you use uh, to get the most out of the clients? Absolutely. Yeah, I have a, I have a, a set of questions that I ask everyone. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us, uh, give us an insight of one, one question that you ask that you say, okay, this one is a really important one. This one is really important that you as a personal trainer asks. Well, the first one is uh, what, what are your objectives? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that, that's, that's key, but okay. Yeah. But let's talk about your objectives because sometimes you have a client and they have like, uh, five, five different objectives. Um, yeah. you also let them choose one or how do you deal with that no i don't mind them having multiple objectives but the objectives have to be and to, to quote you know the, the eternal uh, phrases they have to be smart they have to be you know um specific measurable attainable um relevant and uh, and time-based right so yeah. it has to be very specific it can't just be hey i want to lose a bit of fat uh, okay. And, and and they can start with saying that, right? So it might, you know, because some people don't know how to actually explain what their goals are in other terms than that. It's just, I do want to lose fat. Okay. But what, so then I turn it into a more specific goal. So I say, well, okay, well, more specifically, where do you feel uncomfortable? Like, what is it that about your body that you don't like? And so I'll say, well, my tummy or my thighs or what, or my, or my chest or whatever it is okay that's already more specific and then I'm like okay so um do you have an idea of what you want it to look like when you're finished like in three months what is it what what does that look like so oh well i want to have a six pack and okay well uh, or i want to lose this many kilos or i want to lose this many centimeters or i want to fit into this pair of jeans whatever it is but you make it then more measurable right yeah, and then I, with my experience, turn around and tell them whether it's attainable. You know, so I say, okay, well, based on what you've told me, three months is not long enough. You're going to need six months, or you know, it's completely unrealistic. Some people will say, I want to look like Jennifer Aniston. They're like, well, okay, that's very specific. It's measurable, but it's unattainable. Um, so you know, you sort of push them to, to, to in the right direction. Yeah. So the goals make them smart as 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 good as possible. That will yeah. help you um, get a clear view of what they want. Um, and with I this... Sorry, I just want to interrupt you there. And then I try to understand if the goal is important enough to them, right? So um, it's one thing is coming in joking and saying, oh, yeah, I want to lose a little bit of fat. Like uh, the people that, that I get are people like, well, you know, I'm really, I'm really, I've tried everything else. Like I've tried the diet, I've uh, or you know, I've tried to diet. I've tried other programs. It's not working. I really want this to work for me. Otherwise, I'm going to do uh, plastic surgery or this or that or whatever it is. Right? That shows to me that the goal is important enough to them. Um, you know, because I'll be asking them like, well, is it important enough that if I ask you to um, get up at 6 a.m. in the morning and go for a, a fasted walk, which I'm not saying that I do, but let's say that's a hard thing to do, right? Yeah. So will you be willing to do it? And if they go, no, I'm like, well, it's not important enough to you. Or if I say, 
are you willing in, are you willing to get up and eat a steak with nuts right again not something that i would ask everyone to do but as part of an interview process it helps me to determine whether they're willing to go the extra mile or not so that's very important to me as well is not only is having smart goals but is that smart goal important enough to you that you're willing to make the changes necessary yeah that's an answer to one of the second question that i had uh like with a scale of uh one to ten how motivated are you to have that result in my um, experience also i see a lot of people coming in and they're like really motivated but they don't have a clue of what they need to do to accomplish the goals that they want so is it also something that you uh, you said it before, like that you say, okay, do you want to eat steak as a breakfast? Just to give an example. Um, is it something that you do? Okay, this is your goal. Let me talk you through what you need to do. And then give me, based on these things that you need to do, give me a number one out of 10. How motivated are you to do all the things that I'm going to tell you? Is that something you do? Or is it only asking them, how motivated are you now? to see uh, how motivated they are and then start? Or do you also say what they will need to do to get their goal? It's, yeah, the thing that I find, and even with my coaches, I talk with them a lot about this, is the, it's really important as a coach to know that your responsibility to your clients is to be a coach and not a friend. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, I'm not going to promise you the moon um, or, or let you know that it's going to be easy so that I can get you as a client. I want to be really transparent and I want to say, okay, this is what it's going to require to achieve your goal. Are you ready to make that? And if they're not, then I'm quite happy to say, then, then, you know, leave it for the moment and come back when you are. And I know that that creates a lot of fear and anxiety for coaches that are starting up. But I promise you this, as I've done this from the beginning, if you work with just coaches, with just clients that are highly motivated like that, the results that you'll get uh, will be incredible. And, they will, and then you will get all the other friends that come out of the woodwork that will want to come to you. But if you accept everybody off the street and start working with them, there's a likelihood that, that they're going to, well, they're always going to be walking advert uh, advertisement for you and if their friends see that they're coming to you and they're not getting fitter and they're not losing weight whilst that's their goal then they're like well i'm not really going to go to him because he's not really helping her or him to achieve their goal yeah definitely and i think also for like the motivation of you as a trainer also if you yeah. have clients that are highly motivated is just a lot easier to work with than clients that don't have a motivation. It costs you a lot more energy um, and you will be drained uh, after a day or even after one hour of uh, some clients. Um, I think most trainers will have that experience that they, yeah. they can, they can uh, now think of a client and if, if that hour is finished, they're like they need a two-hour break <laughs> before they can give their energy again. So I think these clients are not... Uh, yeah, well, we need to we need to look out. Yeah, we need to look out that our mental state as a personal trainer is not drained by unmotivated clients, and we need to make sure that we really tell the clients um, what they need to do so that they really know 
what we expect and then they can give a good um, motivational motivational um, number um, yeah. I think it's a really good way to do um, and if you look at the scale to 10 let's say a client starts with a nine after a few weeks it's doesn't get easier clients starting to lose a bit of motivation i think that's a thing that will happen a lot um what is your strategy how do you deal with this uh, the drop off um well i actually speak to him about what i call the change curve um and so the change curve is i spend a lot of time actually talking with clients because I think that education is part and parcel of getting not only a, a transformation, but a long-term transformation. I want them to understand uh, what they're doing so that they're able to continue to replicate it when they're not uh, working with me anymore. And the change curve goes like this, is that it, when you want to make a change, you see, if you look at it linearly, you have where you are to where you want to be. And people assume that it goes straight up um and then you get all the memes on facebook where well actually no change doesn't look like this it looks like this and they will draw a squiggly line right the way that i actually draw it's not even that is you it's you start with high motivation and then you're confronted with all the things you have to do and setbacks right so for example now i have to uh, go out and do the shopping and prepare in advance I have to um, uh, stay away from certain foods at certain times that I really enjoyed eating. I have to push myself to uh, failure or I have to push myself to a point where I don't feel comfortable. All these things make that curve drop down. And so the way that I see it, it's, it's like a V or, or a U uh, curve. Mm -hmm. So it, it goes up a little bit, then drops, 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 drops until it can't get any worse. Like, and then they get their first success and then they build on it in their second success and then their third and fourth and fifth. And then it goes all the way up and it goes above where they started. But what I do is I actually draw that change curve for my clients before they start. I say to them, this is what you're going to go through. I need you to know it because you're going to reach a point where you're going to be like, why the fuck am I doing this? And you have to keep your eye on the goal and know that this is part of the process. Is it something that you speak with them? Like um, when you give them a new training program or is it, um, do you plan specific uh, conversations with the client or do you do this by email, by Skype, by phone, or even during the personal training session? Or do you have a different strategy? Well, with the amount of, hours that we have now the team that we're trying to build we're trying to standardize a lot of stuff so we've got um documents for everything um and we also periodize what time we send which document to 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 each client so they'll definitely receive that as part of the first phase of their transformation is they'll receive that but i also try and make a point of if i can see that someone is like hyper motivated but a little fragile i'll make sure that i talk about it in the in the first couple of sessions okay interesting topic that you discussed um you don't need to go in depth because it's your um it's your strategy uh, but the mails or the documents that you send is it a 
standardized approach or still individual to the client? Or do you say, okay, I, we have like a 12 week uh, package and during the 12 week at day uh, 40, they will get this document and it doesn't matter who it is, but they will get this document. Is that also a system that you have uh, available for your clients? Uh, actually, it's more available for our coaches, but to improve the customer experience. So what I mean by that is I want my clients to have a minimum level of service, right? So it, no matter who comes in, no matter which coach they're working with, I want to make sure that they're at least getting a minimum standard of service. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I put this in for. So I do have a structure um, that we give every client, right? Um, uh, for example, this document about the change curve, but it could be many other things like the importance of sleep or, or whatever. Um, but then the coaches are encouraged to be creative, be their own person and adapt or, or add to that what they think is necessary for their client as an individual. Yeah. I think that's a really um, important thing. And I, I don't think that a lot of coaches are familiar with this because for me, it's, it's a bit of the same. I also have my documents uh, sent to the clients and that makes the difference in also how many, how many um, uh, euros you can charge because yeah. as a coach, it's not the two hours personal trainer, uh, personal training that make the whole package is just like the, 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 a tiny bit of the package and it's all the rest that you give them and all the rest that you do that makes the personal training a high standard personal training or just a regular normal personal training. And I don't think that a lot of trainers uh, really understand that. I think they're busy with making um, a program, they're giving uh, personal training two times a week, they give some nutritional guidelines, maybe um, calorie plan, but all the rest information documents about sleep um, the, the the contact moments that that you uh, make sure that your client stays on track i think that's the the most important thing uh, in personal training and and i when i hear and i and i know that you are doing these things i'm pretty sure that we're on the same line um with with that uh Absolutely. for you, you it, it does require, it's important to say this to coaches is that some of them will be put off by it because it requires a lot of upfront work. Like, so for, for the amount of documents that, that we have, I mean, it, we're, we're always a work in progress, right? So we, uh, what I do now is not what we were doing two years ago and is not what we were doing six years ago. Um, but we're constantly adding content um, that we can use then with the clients. But if you're starting out as a coach or you're wanting to do this, it is important to maybe even take a week or two off like you were going to go on holiday, but sit yourself in front of a computer and um, really create the content that you feel all your clients could benefit from and, uh, and have that that you can, that you can uh, draw upon for sure. Because a lot of the time, and the coaches will know that themselves, is they end up repeating themselves and rewriting the same email six or seven times when they could be making their life so much easier if they just had a template that they could just say, boom, here, and then I fill in the individual aspects on the side. Yeah, and if you have a bit of, um, a bit of experience, you, 
you can tell like the, the type of client that comes back, you know, you, there, there's some kind of types of client that, you know, okay, they need a bit of more attention about this and about this and, and they need a more information or, and then you have specific documents that you already uh, planned before, and then you can just send them. So it's a really good approach. It's, it takes a lot of time. Um, but it, that's something that really works and that can make a big difference. Definitely. Definitely. Um, you talked about like the, some steps of success. So you've got the curve and then yeah. at some point they get success. Is it something that you, uh, so for me, if I have a plan, let's say, let's talk about the 12 week plan every three weeks, three to four weeks, I try to, to, to change the training program, nutrition strategy and so on. And I try to have a, a success moment every three to four weeks as small as it is it doesn't matter but i try to have that success moment to make sure that they don't get get a big drop in the in the curve for their motivation is it something that you do as well so working towards small steps of success or is it not something that you um look for with uh, the client's process uh yes but it's not something that i wake two or three weeks to do um, and they're not and the success is in my eyes um, are not probably as big um, so what I mean by that is for me every rep is a success and those that have seen me coach will will probably go not re well well I've had sorry let me start again people that have seen me coach turn around to say uh, to me and sometimes say I didn't recognize you because I'm a different person when I coach than when I am in normal day-to-day -day life every rep that they do it's either feedback or it's perfect great well done brilliant keep going you know uh, because i want them to know that that everything that they're doing is better than what they were doing before and so that every rep that they're doing is better and same thing when they come into the gym the next time they're progressing two to five percent on their program every time um so is it something that you discuss with them? Because that's also something that's what I do uh, because I, people tend to forget where they came from. So they're like, Oh, this session, I can only do this um, one, one more rep extra. And then I'm saying, okay, but look at three or four sessions ago, then you, you couldn't even do, uh, you, you were doing the same with 10 kilogram less. Is that also something you um, try to focus on? I used to, but in the risk of, uh, at the risk of sounding lazy, I actually have my clients uh, fill in their own um, training program when they when they do their weights and their and their reps, so that they can see it for themselves, so they're confronted with it every time they put it in, um, uh, because I don't ever want to get to a stage where I have to tell them that they should. I want them to know it every time, you know, um, and so. Uh, it's a conscious decision not to reduce my work, but for them to see it every day that they come in. Okay, interesting. Um, is it for um, motivation standpoint, um, do you only discuss this with the client during your personal training session? Or do you also have like a feedback form that they need to fill in during the week um, with uh, everyday motivation, energy level, and so on that you can track and you can uh, maybe predict when there's a drop off in motivation or is it not something that you use? Um, 
No, I don't because I can tell. Um, and the reason why I can tell is, first of all, is when they're coming in to train, I want their, I want their desire to train to be high. If their desire to train to, is low once, I can, uh, it's already a warning sign, but I don't do much. If the second time they come in, their desire to train is low again, right, what's going on? I need to understand. Same thing with, um, I ask them to either fill in a food log or fill in an application where I can see what they're eating. Because for me, that's my window into their world the rest of the time. If I don't receive it one day, they'll get a reminder. If I don't receive it two days in a row, all right, I need to, I need to understand what's going on. So I don't ask them to tell me where they're motivated, but I have particular moments where I, where I check to see if they are or not. Yeah, I think that's, that's based on your experience, of course. The more yeah. experienced you are, the faster you will, uh, you will see if, if a client uh, tends to drop off. Um, so normally, then... sorry, I want to add to that. Is normally, if a client tends to drop off, it's, it's not, in my experience, it's not a lack of motivation. It's poor coaching. Okay, yeah. I so can what agree. I mean by that is if, if their motivation was high in the beginning and their goal was important enough to them and all the rest, and their motivation starts to drop, is, you, is the coaching is um, you're either overworking them you're, uh, or you're overfeeding them into too much information or something like that, right? I mean, there are, there are exceptions, right? If, if someone gets a really stressful time at work and stuff like that, then it can happen. But if they're in the process of making positive change for themselves and their motivation starts to drop, you have to ask yourself a question. I mean, I was coaching a coach um, uh, who was driving to me from Hasselt uh, three times a week, right? So that's like, that's huge, right? That's an hour, an hour and a half drive three times a week there and back. Um, And uh, this coaching question said to me, like, um, one time, like, because I, 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 I could see it, it was like, ah, I don't really want to train today. I was like, oh, like, that was a real surprise to me because that, that, this coach was normally always super, super motivated. And okay, well, you know, push through, you'll be good. You know, it's maybe because you just got a bad night's sleep or whatnot. Second time came in, same thing. I was like, fuck, no, change the program, overtrained, get something new, let's go. You know, and then all of a sudden, like backed off a little bit, changed the program and motivation was back up again. Yeah. 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 Perfect. No, in, indeed. It's a, a really good thing. Uh, definitely make sure that you check with the clients every training session and that you just uh, make sure that you keep uh, on that you focus on them. And yeah. that's really important. Um, then there's I think there's a big difference in. Um, a transformation mindset for short term so people who want to get results fast and also getting a good mindset to keep that result or a long-term transformation um, can you explain for yourself what are the biggest differences in these two short-term or long-term uh, mindset yeah i think that there's the approach of the coach which changes or should change depending on whether it's short-term or long-term. And what I mean by short-term is because uh, people say, well, who wants to just change for three months and then go back to the way they were? No, I don't mean it like that. But I mean, like if someone has got a wedding in three months or they have to be stage ready in, 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 in two months or whatnot, 
then that's like a short-term goal that we have to hit. And then afterwards, we'll worry about the rest afterwards. Um, whereas if someone just comes to you and says, I listen, I want to get muscular, I want to get lean, or I want to get healthy, that's a more of a long-term goal. So my approach changes based on uh, that, first of all. So if someone's got a more of a short-term goal, I will front load a lot of the stress. Uh, so what I mean, a lot of the stress, a lot of the information, a lot of the changes that have to be done. Okay. I'll give them um, a lot of things to change at once. Why? Because I only have a little bit of time, right? So we'll be working on um, uh, getting the basics right, as well as counting calories, as well as doing really hard sessions and, you know, uh, putting in cardio and these sort of things, right? Because we really, really want to hit the goal. Um, in fact, that's the way ultimate performance work a little bit is ultimate performance uh, with Nick Mitchell is they will ask their clients to do the hardest thing from the beginning. So they put them into, I think it's a, a two week carb uh, boot camp where there's no carbs for two weeks. Yeah. And then what happens is over time, they start reintroducing certain things as it gets harder and the motivation starts to drop and they start putting more and more things in. Um, I think that's a great approach, and that's one of the reasons why they get such amazing transformations in a short amount of time. Uh, without, I I don't know what their long-term uh, results look like, and I don't, you know, I have a lot of respect for what Ultimate Performers do and what Nick Mitchell does. So, you know, I'm not going to start questioning that, but you know, you don't know. Yeah. And that being said, for me for someone from a long-term perspective, I don't want to put them off by making it all too hard in the beginning. And therefore I'll have an approach, which is a bit more like how uh, Wolfgang talks about it. Uh, Unsold is more like progress over perfection. So you're going to try and change one thing, um, let them incorporate that and change the next. I think the precision nutrition do the same thing. It's a habits, habits based approach, which is you change one habit get that habit right and then change the next. Uh, that's which I, more for the long term. Yeah, that's more for the long term. That's correct. Yeah. So that's in terms of approach. But then in terms of mindset, I think that the key thing here, and it's something that actually I learned from uh, Tony Robbins, is he, he used it in the context of... Um, he used it in the, in, the, in the context of smokers and alcoholics. And he said, why is it that when confronted with the reality of what smoking will do to you, some people still can't stop smoking? Or when confronted with the reality of what alcohol can do to you when you're an alcoholic, why some people still can't stop drinking alcohol? And obviously, there's the whole chemical thing, which I don't want to get into right now. But there's the other part is, if you always identify yourself as an ex-smoker, you'll always be an ex-smoker. And therefore, you'll always be pushed towards going back to smoking. If you always identify yourself as someone who had a problem with alcohol, you'll always have a problem with alcohol. That being said, if you decide that you are going to be and become someone or you're becoming someone different, then that's a long-term change. So how do I put that in the context of personal training? If someone says, I'm currently on a program or I'm currently following a diet, that's what they're doing. They are currently following a diet. Doesn't mean that they will forever, right? And so even calling it a diet makes it sound short-term. 
And so I get clients that ask me, how come you can pay attention to what you eat every day? How come you train every day? Well, simple answer is, is that's just who I am. You know, there's no question like, am, am I going to brush my teeth in the morning? Yes. Am I going to train today? Yes. It's the same question. It doesn't, yeah. it's, not, it's no different for me. And I think that if you can talk to your clients about that, about how important it is that they become who they want to be before they are, will determine whether they're able to make a long-term change or not. You know, it's, that, that's really key. If you keep saying, well, I are a man, you know, I'm doing this program, but you know, I really, I really like to party. I really like foodness. You'll always go back to partying and really liking foods. And not that that's a problem, but it, if you want to change, you're not going to change talking like that. Is it, is it based on concept of NLP? A little, a little bit. Is it something that you use as well? Because I also uh, maybe schedule uh, an episode with uh, somebody who is specialized in NLP to see how we can use it as personal trainers in our interviewing. Or is it something that you say, okay, it's, it's, it's okay, but it's not uh, applicable for personal training? Well, it's 100% applicable to personal training. Um, in fact, I talk to my coaches a lot about it. I studied NLP as well. Um, because... You, uh, but the, the concept of NLP is, is, is that, you know, you're going to talk to your client on a, a level that they understand. So it's based on the principle that if someone is more visual, you need to talk to them in those terms. If someone is more about feelings, you need to talk to them on those terms. So uh, let, let, I'll give you an example. If someone keeps saying to you, do you see what I mean? And you say, yeah, I feel you. You're talking on two different uh, wavelengths. No, you have to, if, he, if someone keeps saying to you, do you see what I mean? Do you see what I mean? They are the type of people who are visual. So you need to show them what it is that they need to do, right? If someone is more about feelings, you have to tell them what they're supposed to feel like and, and what this is supposed to feel like and, you know, these sort of things. It's the same like if someone comes to you with a goal of uh, becoming um, uh, um a fitter individual for their family and being able to go skiing and stuff like that. And then you, as you're trying to motivate them, say, Hey, you know, we need to get you bikini ready. They're like, means nothing to me. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. or they say like you, you're a mountain guy, right? You love to be in the mountains. You love skiing and stuff like that. If I tell you, I want to get you beach body ready. It doesn't mean the same thing to you as if I said to you, let's get you ready for the pieces let's get you you know do you know what i mean like that's yeah. and you have to be able to talk to your client in, in in function of the information that they're giving you yeah correct so i yeah, yeah I've got a coach that's uh, one of my coaches now is actually studying nlp uh because of that yeah yeah i think it's also an interesting topic and uh, i scheduled a, a podcast with uh some lady from South Africa who is specialized in it. Uh, some uh, lady from the Netherlands who lives in South Africa. So that okay. will be in the coming uh, weeks, maybe month uh, that I will look at that. Um, so for how many, if you look at clients, um, do you mainly train short-term clients or long-term? Uh, mainly long-term. Which is, I used to, in the beginning, I used to post a lot of before and afters and I've got uh, a, a folder full of before and afters. And uh, I still really like chasing the before and afters because it's, 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 
the risk of sounding selfish, it's also good for my ego that I, that I know that I can still achieve those things. But um, I, I'm much, I, I become much more interested in the process of getting people um, to change for life. Like one of the things that I'm so, so proud of uh, is the amount of clients that have now become personal trainers, nutritionists, and involved in the health sector and stuff like that because they've completely changed who they were to to, to who they are now and, and that's that's really important to me yeah i think so i, I think the long-term transformations are the yeah that's something that is um really valuable for you as a personal trainer as well the short term is nice and it's it's good but the long term is is really helping people getting their getting their healthiest as body as possible man they are ambassadors for life yeah i have people that i haven't had in my gym for two three years who are still sending new clients to me every month yeah, yeah nice yeah that's 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 the thing that you need eh? perfect perfect um so if we look at transformation mindset maybe can you give me a few key factors to success for transformation mindsets, which are pretty practical for personal trainers? So what can a personal trainer right now, after listening to this podcast, do to make sure that they get, um, they ask the right questions for a transformation mindset? Is it um, getting their intake sorted out? Um, is it more the... Uh, documents that you send to the clients is it planning uh, maybe five or ten minute conversation in the training to see how the client is going do you have some practical tips for the trainers that are listening so yes there are things that you can do with your clients uh, to, to to help make sure they have the transformation mindset but like i said there are also things you just need to look out for if they have the transformation mindset The first part is about goal setting and motivation. That's really clear. That's that intake questionnaire is, is the goal specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based? Is the goal important enough for them? Then what I do is I always make the goal visible for them so that they can remind themselves of it every day. Some people in the, in the process of a transformation lose sight of what they were working on in the beginning and therefore stop pushing themselves the same way. So I make sure that they print out their goal and they can see it every day. Um, I also ask them to share their goal so it increases their accountability and compliance. So not just with me, but with the outside world, with their family, with their friends, these sort of things. And then I also make a plan with intermediary steps. So sh like you said, short successes that they can um, uh, attain afterwards. Um, I would say those are the main things. Uh, the next part is just education. It's like talking them through the different steps. For example, I'm a, I, I hear a lot of the time like procrastination. Uh, yeah, procrastination is an issue. For me, it's, it, procrastination is a myth. It's like it's either important to you or it's not. You know, uh, if you take Eric Thomas as a quote, you know, like if, if I told you tomorrow at 5 a.m. that I'm going to give you uh two million uh euros if you meet me at the at the coast in knocker where the fuck are you gonna be yeah i will be, I the will coast be there <laughs> it's a deal <laughs> so so if you, motivation there's no such thing as procrastination if something is important enough to you and that's why i said the goal's got to be important enough to you 
The next part that I talk to them about is looking at discipline as a muscle. So um, if so, if I ask someone for whatever reason, like to not eat bread, right? And they come to a restaurant and the rater puts down the bread. They will have to look at that bread throughout the whole meal. And throughout the whole meal, the likelihood that they're at some point going to pick up the bread and eat it gets higher and higher the longer they sit at the table. Right, because their 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 discipline muscle is contracting, 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 but it's going to release at some point. And that's also with regards to having foods in the house that you shouldn't be having. Right. So I help I help them to understand that whatever they're doing that's healthy for them is healthy for their whole family. So don't stack the cupboards full of things that are going to sabotage you, um, because it's it's always going to be there in the back of your mind, like you know. I'm, I'm staying on this program, but I want something sweet or I want a piece of chocolate or something like that. So it's pulling on your discipline. So just, you know, see discipline as a muscle. You don't want to be contracting that muscle all day. So um, distance yourself from things that are going to require you to use discipline. Do you have things that you let your clients do every day, first thing they do in the morning to get their like on a, on a, on a good mental state. Um, like I, I know that uh, some, some guys say, okay, every day you start the day with, with uh, five push-ups. You can do this every day. It's not a big deal, but when you've done that, that thing, you are, your mindset is ready for the day. And that's also why like in the army, they say, okay, uh, make up your bed before you go out of the room, all these things. Are you, are you doing these things also with clients or? Yeah. I make them do the hardest thing um, possible first thing in the morning, which is have a cold shower. Okay, that's a good one. I'm a really, uh, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the cold showering, uh, as you probably also know. Um, yeah. And that's also something, that's one of the hardest things that they will do during the day. It's a, that's a really but good You know job. what is, once they do it, it sets them up for success for the rest of the day. And forget about all the benefits of, of a cold shower, right? Because there are many, right? But just that is they are confronting uh, the, a real difficult moment. Uh, they succeed at it. Then there's nothing that's going to be that hard the rest of the day. Yeah, that's a really, really interesting and a really good thing. Um, I think for a lot of trainers to remember. Um, Okay, I'm a, a book fanatic, as a lot of people will know. Um, I know that about mindset, there are a million books, and I'm pretty sure that you know a few books about that as well. Can you give me one or maybe two books that you say, okay, guys, this is a book you must read about mindset? Do you know, there are loads, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I read things like The One Thing and Success Principles and all these. And I like all of those. But the one that for me changed the way I look at decision making was The Chimp Paradox. Yeah. And, and because I believe that internal dialogue um, plays such a key role in the success that someone will have in your program, but also long-term. Will Smith said, those who say they can and those who say they can't are both usually right, right? Yeah. And so if the chimp on your shoulder is constantly telling you that you can't and that you're giving into your emotions, that's what you're going to do. 
And the way that the Chim paradox works is he talks about as having basically three ways in which to make a decision is you have the computer, you have the chimp and you have the human. And so the computer analyzes data and spits out the response. So it's like, okay, today um, my goal is to lose weight. So I need to eat uh, low caloric foods. I need to exercise. I need to this, I need to that. The chimp goes, I need to lose weight, but I don't want to do any of that. So fuck it. Um, and then you've got the human that says, okay, well, this is what I should be doing. So this is what the computer is telling me I should be doing. This is how I feel. What's most important to me right now, right? And you can find a balance between your emotion and the data to, um, to make the right decision. But then what, what, what's really cool about it is you, you, you start to look at people and say, ha, the chimp's making the decision. Or, you know, and, and when you, I even give that as a, as a book to a lot of clients so they can, especially when I know that they're very emotional decision makers, I have them read the book. So, and then every time they make a, a chimp uh, type decision and that they've sent it to me in like their food log or something, I just send back an emoji of a, of a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's a cool thing. Cool thing. No, good tip. Uh, really nice book. Um, Perfect. I think a lot of trainers will get a lot of information out of that as well. Um, all right, then. Thank you for this uh, awesome episode again. I think a lot of information for personal trainers, um, what they can do with their clients. Also, a bit of tips about maybe looking at their interview technique, uh, ask the clients how motivated they are, looking at it from a short-term and a long-term uh, perspective. And then also, I think, uh, a lot of tips and tricks that were in, there in, in this episode. So thank you again. And uh, maybe we will hear each other again on, on another episode uh, about another interesting topic. My pleasure. And of course, I hope that it was helpful. Okay, bye. See ya. Bedankt om te luisteren naar alweer een nieuwe episode van de podcast. Het zou mij enorm plezieren uh, moest je even naar de app gaan op jouw uh, gsm van iTunes, de podcast-app, en even een review schrijven over deze podcast. Het zou gewoon enorm helpen om uh, hoger te komen in de rankings en de credibiliteit van de podcast te verhogen. Alvast bedankt en tot de volgende keer.